From the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. Travel with a third generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat to New York hospitality. All Joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. And a very good evening to you on the Thursday edition of Radio Night Live. It is legal night, and we are very excited to have uh, someone who I think he's probably one of the busiest guys in the legal profession these days uh, back with us. Uh, Imran Ansari, uh, you have two feet on level ground. Uh, do you feel like you you have some uh, handle of what's going on around you these days? Uh, Kevin, I mean, that's debatable. It's a lot going on. And usually <laughs> in, you know, the sort of late uh, summer for lawyers, uh, you know, things slow down. People take some time off. And, uh, you know, I've gotten some, you know, time off, I guess, if, you know, in July. But right now, this is uh, it's it's crazy. It's busy and busy is good, right? If you're a lawyer, you want to be busy, Beats but I can tell you, Kevin, it's it's excessively busy right now. And I got to, you know, I've been telling everyone that September is going to hit with uh, with a vengeance in terms of uh, things going on and some big, big cases that I have to deal with in September that I'm prepping for now, including this weekend. I'm spending my Labor Day weekend laboring, uh, wow. you know, but it's a labor of love because I love the law. Well, you've got a lot of uh, big name clients that if people, uh, if you named them off, people would know most of them. Um, but I am curious, and maybe we can get into a little bit of this because I have a feeling uh, it might touch on some of what you're talking about there. There's a story out uh, tonight on Fox News. And by the way, thank you. I know you had a very busy day. Thank you for being with us. Um, but the governor of Georgia has said that he he's made a decision on whether or not um, he's going to do something that they can do in that state. And I wasn't aware of it, but evidently state Republicans there were looking to invoke something uh, that would warrant action by what's called prosecuting attorney oversight, the prosecuting attorney oversight commission, which evidently in that state um, can be invoked if somebody believes that a DA is um, taking reckless actions or not not doing their job properly, et cetera, et cetera. The governor's saying, I've not seen any evidence that says that, that Fannie Willis's actions or lack of action so far um, warrant any of that action. So I'm not going to uh, invoke that commission on the Donald Trump case. And if you're listening to us tonight, you're saying, wait a minute, it's not just Donald Trump. No, I know it's the 19 defendant racketeering case. But the governor's saying at this point he's going to let the process play out a little longer. First of all, are, overs are oversight commissions like that um, common in states, uh, is, or is that something unique to Georgia? No, uh, I think many states these days uh, have in some form or the other some uh, body or agency or commission uh, to make sure that there is uh, no prosecutorial misconduct. That's that sort of was enacted with the push to have a reform of the justice system. Uh, and in fact, when I was a, an assistant district attorney with the Brooklyn DA's office, uh, there was a conviction review unit, uh, which was formed within the DA's office itself. Uh, there, there is a push for more oversight uh, over prosecutors and making sure that uh, cases are, are brought uh, in the right frame of mind, so to say, or based on correct evidence and that there's no prosecutorial misconduct. Um, and, you know, so Governor Brian Kemp, um, who has a commission in the state of Georgia in order to sort of uh, put prosecutors under a microscope if need be, investigate their actions, make sure that things are on the up and up, uh, has decided that he's not going to do that uh, for D.A. Willis at this point. 
Um, I, I don't think, you know, he hasn't necessarily closed the doors. He's saying right now he feels that it's not ripe uh, to provide, uh, you know, the, the commission to start investigating D.A. Willis. Uh, but he well, did she's say... She's barely, I mean, like the case or hate the case. And, you know, Trump fans are going to kind of come down on various divisions of that whatever. Is there, I mean, these state Republicans are saying that she's done things in a manner that's been inconsistent with how she should have. Um, and he's saying, I don't see the evidence. Um, she's barely gotten the case off the ground. I mean, whether or not she should be bringing it, whether it's a strong case, all of that can be debated. How could you say that she's behaved badly thus far to date when it's only been, what, a couple of weeks since she actually announced the indictments? Right. And I think that's what Governor Kemp is saying. Right? I mean, it's, if, if there if he is takes going proactive to be... action without any evidence that makes it way bad on the back yeah. end of it. Exactly. You don't want to you don't want to act too fast on anything. Right. Uh, and however you're seeing these indictments, whatever your position is politically or legally, uh, you know, you need to make sure that the process is an open one and transparent and, and plays out. Uh, to a certain extent before you start throwing stones. And I think Brian Kemp is being measured in his uh, uh, not evoking the commission to, to, to do some oversight at this point, because we really don't have the information uh, whether, you know, we don't have the grand jury minutes unsealed. We don't have um, the, 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 the witnesses that came forth to that grand jury. We don't know their testimony yet. We don't see the evidence yet. Um, so you really can't make that accusation uh, or, or or evoke the commission to do some oversight when things are not known yet. Well, it's uh, it's not going to be going forward. And the state senator, Colton Moore, uh, who said he claimed he had support of uh, three fifths of the state legislature um, for, for efforts to impeach her. Um, I don't know that a D.A. bringing a prosecution just in the bringing a prosecution is necessarily impeachable. Now, if she did it on lousy evidence, if she put, you know, if she puts a lousy case together, she'll lose the case. And that's on some level what what justice would look like. If you're a lousy DA and you bring a lousy uh, case and then you lose it, well, I still don't know that that's impeachable. Yeah. What, would, what would require, what, what types of actions would it require in order to invoke oversight? Like if she yeah. corrupted a witness, pay people off to say things that weren't true, that are, you know, that kind of misconduct. Yeah, withholding of evidence, right, would be one. one well, aspect. and that's been now to, to, to that point, that's happened in some of the cases already. Um, and I don't know that it's happened in the Georgia case, but in the Mar-a-Lago case, the I think it was the prosecution was withholding significant evidence that the Trump team had not had a chance to see and then it was discovered, but the judge didn't even really right. ding the prosecution much for it. Yeah, yeah, and well, and and think about the judge in that case. Uh, if you're gonna ask for a favorable judge for Donald Trump, it would be Judge Cannon. So, you know, it, it, it's all the degrees of what's going on. You know, if you're willfully withholding uh, evidence and it's, it's because you have the intent to make sure that your prosecution doesn't go south and you don't want the defense to have certain information, then that would be something which would be sanctionable conduct for a prosecutor. If you are withholding, if there's some mix up and it's not in bad faith and certain evidence for whatever reason wasn't provided to the other side, if it's done so in a timely manner that there's no prejudice, well, that would be arguably uh, the prosecution would say that's not sanctionable conduct because now the prejudice has been alleviated if the defense has enough time to uh, review that evidence. Now, going back to what would be an impeachable uh, offense, so to say, right. uh, for a district attorney, well, it would be, okay, withholding of evidence with that malfeasance, with that malintent, it would be uh, somehow um, generating evidence, right? Manufacturing evidence. So you get to where you have to get, whether it be an indictment or a conviction, it would be influencing witnesses or trying to to manufacture witnesses or testimony in favor of the prosecution simply to get an indictment or uh, or a conviction. So that would be the sort of nature of, of uh, conduct that would be sanctionable, if not impeachable. All right. He's Imran Ansari. I'm Kevin McCullough. We're just getting started on legal night. And tonight, being brought to you as every legal night is by the great people at Plaza College. We're going to visit with them a little later in the show as well. Stick around. More to come. 
We all know summer is coming to an end, which means Invite Health is having our annual Labor Day buy one, get one free sale. The sale is on now. Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Say hello to the change of seasons the right way by learning more about how to stay healthy from me, Dr. Amanda Williams, right here on AM 970 The Answer. Listen to past shows and informative podcasts all at invitehealth.com. Give us a call to order by phone or to speak with a degreed healthcare professional seven days a week at 800 673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Visit invitehealth.com for our retail locations and to set up a free nutritional consultation in person, by phone, or by video. Take advantage of Invite's limited time, buy one, get one free Labor Day sale. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That number again, 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com. Invite Health, get healthy, stay healthy. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand and while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Did you listen to our podcasts? Hear them now on our website at am970theanswer.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Call in to the Joe Piscopo Show and let your voice be heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca Raton. Your show is, in my opinion, the great American story. Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show, you guys put together a team. I love your show. Everybody's beautiful. We're very Thank fortunate to have a great American story. Thank Joe Piscopo. Uh, Joe Piscopo, weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Our hosts tell it like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970, the answer. Always going, don't know where. Always showing, I don't care. Don't love nobody, it's not worthwhile. All alone, I'm running wild. And now, from New York, Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, uh, it's a legal night and we're back. And of course, the biggest legal stories uh, right now tend to kind of center around Trump and Biden and the election and all this other stuff. Um, I do want to ask uh, Imran, uh, as we delve into seg- segment two here, um, she is asking, she filed a motion this week, I guess it was on Tuesday, with the county judge presiding over the case. Um, and there's there's some speculation that Mark Meadows, if if they stay as a group, having to f- try this as a group, and he gets he gets his his uh, request to move to the federal court, then it's going to all go out of the hands of the state 
county people as, as best I understand. But she uh, filed a motion to ask for um, an extradited, uh, you know, f filing of this case and getting right. it going. All 19 defendants being tried together under the, under the RICO acts uh, yep. for the state. And she she it wants to give them a deadline if they want to try to sever themselves off and have a separate trial. Now, there's probably strategies for doing both for the defendants and for the prosecution. So can you walk us through why somebody would want to just stay in the RICO case or they would prefer to have their case moved out? Uh, how does Mark Meadows being that he could appeal to the federal courts to take it? Would that move the whole trial to the federal courts? What's your what's your sense about what the the extradition and the uh, doing it together or separately means to the case? Sure. So let's first start with the uh, would Mark Meadows bid to move this out of state court to federal court. That's his motion right now, right? That's what he's seeking for himself as an individual defendant. Um, if his case, let's say that's granted and his case is removed from state court to federal court, it doesn't mean automatically that all the other defendants will follow. What it would provide them would be the means or ammo, so to say, uh, to say, okay, well, Mark Meadows had his case uh, removed to federal court. We're also going to uh, me too that motion and we're going to be also making a bid to get to federal court also um, it would just allow them the pathway to do so uh, if they're able to make a, a cognizable uh argument which mirrors mark meadows argument so that would be you know the the game plan for removal from state court to federal court gotcha on, on the other hand uh in terms of the trying of all 19 defendants together uh, why would you want to do that as a prosecutor? Well, you brought a racketeering case. You brought a RICO case, which really uh, requires um, the jury in many ways to accept that there's this enterprise going on and each defendant are somewhat cul culpable and conspiring with one another for furtherance of that crime. Uh, it makes sense to bring all those 19 defendants, if you can, as a prosecutor together, because then you're selling that evidence and you're selling your case, so to say, against that group. And it's easy to sort of link that racketeering argument or that enterprise, the alleged enterprise together. Why would you want to sever it as a defendant? Well, you may have different levels of culpability. Uh, you may be on the upper echelon of the sort of racketeering enterprise, uh, and then you are, you, you are facing um, perhaps stronger evidence uh, or your your culpability and your exposure in that is stronger uh, or you may be a lower down lower down the totem pole a smaller fish and then you may want to have yourself severed from the quote-unquote bad actors right um, there's also that when you bring one of these cases a racketeering case there's also that element will a smaller fish flip uh, will they flip and will they end up cooperating and providing testimony that's going to be helpful to the prosecution to get the bigger fish? So that's also an area where you're going to want to sever your client out. And I'm sort of speaking generally now in this, I'm not right. necessarily speaking to any particular defendant in this case, Correct. but that would be a scenario where you're going to want to sever your client out of that case in order to have the less culpable defendant standing alone um, and, you know, that would be a consideration to have. You have all these these defendants together in a large racketeering case like this. You're also going to inevitably possibly have like some defendants pointing the finger at one another. Um, and if that's the case, you also want those defendants severed out. Um, if you're worried as a defendant that you're going to have a co-defendant now coming up on the stand and saying, no, it was all, you know, X, Y, Z's fault. So there's a lot of competing uh, elements um, or, or considerations. So this, is it conceivable? So is it conceivable that this thing goes from 19 people standing trial together to 19 separate trials? That it is conceivable. The prosecution would not want that, right? Because there's all these considerations about economy of not, you know, also consideration for the court, right? The economy of the judicial process. If you're going to be calling witnesses to testify and their testimony is going to be relevant and admissible 
as to all of these 19 defendants, your argument to the court is saying, Your Honor, are we really going to have all these separate uh, trials where these witnesses are going to have to be brought into court time and time again uh, to provide essentially the same testimony uh, that we're going to have for the other defendants? It's going to be wasteful of resources for uh, the courts. It's going to be a, a burden on the courts, and it's also going to be a burden on these witnesses and law enforcement. And therefore, we should have one unified trial because all these, all the evidence, all the testimony is going to be applicable to all these defendants. So that's what the prosecutor is going to want to say. Plus, they're going to bounce that off the charge in general, right? It's a racketeering charge. It's a RICO case. It's inherently uh, uh, the charge in itself is inherently about an enterprise multiple people not just singular people multiple people so if they uh, go to 19 yeah. trials it could just kill their entire uh case that it was organized or that they work together that and then it's also just a, an immense um i don't want to say waste of resources but it's just going to complicate a trial so what if you're a defendant trying to get out and sever yourself from this you're going to want to distinguish yourself as much as possible from the other defendants um and also try to articulate prejudice uh if you were forced to have a trial with all these other co-defendants is That's there going any to be the advantage goal. to the defendant to stay in a rico case as a group as opposed to taking themselves out if they're going to somehow decide in my opinion flip in many ways and be able to point at the chair next to you and say listen i was just a following orders i was just a you know a peon next to giants in this scheme and they're going to sort of if they're going to somehow concede uh as to some of the charges and start pointing the finger then you may want to do that but then on the converse side why do you want to be severed away from people who, you, who may be more culpable? Because then you don't want the jury hearing all this evidence. If you're severed, you're able to possibly uh, file motions in limine to keep some evidence out that is applicable to other defendants and streamline the prosecution's case against your client. Uh, so all that is kept out uh, of the court and whatever sort of finite facts or evidence against this client or this defendant is the only thing the jury is going to hear rather than the evidence against all 18 other defendants. Yeah. Well, that's that's some interesting stuff. And when we come back, I want to spend a few more minutes on this because the nature of RICO cases themselves are very different, as you've already alluded to, from just a single case of corruption, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and I want to know the difficulties that the Fannie Willis office has in proving this. What do they have to prove? Not only that they did what is uh, uh, charged, which is they tried to overturn the election, but they, they did it together. They worked together. Do you have to prove how they work together? Uh, that and more when we come back. He's Imran. I'm Kevin. Also Esquire etiquette a little bit later on. Some legal tips for your life. Don't go away. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters reporting first a shooting, then a storm. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is facing a one-two punch, testing his leadership at a critical moment for his presidential campaign, with the Republican moving to cast aside the culture warrior and show the country that he can govern through crises. The first calamity came last weekend when a white gunman killed three black people at a convenience store in Jacksonville. Days later, Hurricane Idalia was barreling through Florida. It slammed into Florida's Big Bend region. China has lashed out at the U.S., saying a U.S. military transfer to Taiwan is a violation of U.S. commitments under its One China policy. The statement comes after the Biden administration approved the first-ever U.S. military transfer to Taiwan under a program reserved for assistance to states. This is SRN News. Want more AM970 The Answer? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am970theanswer.com or download our AM970 The Answer app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM970 The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Orange football is back, starting the season fresh and in the Dome for most of September. Game 1 brings in Colgate Saturday for a 4 o'clock kickoff. We get started with Orange pregame at 3 on AM 970, The Answer. New York's home for Syracuse University football. 
Increase your investment knowledge in a unique way this year. Join us on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise along with The Money Show. Visit EagleFinancialCruise.com for details and to secure your cabin. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. AM 97, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Dennis Prager here. Join us in Israel this fall. Soon, time will run out, and then you'll regret you didn't go, I promise. Mike Gallagher and I are headed back to Israel in October with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to stand with Israel. That's the name of the tour. We'll be visiting amazing places in the Holy Land designed to encourage and captivate you at every turn. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and sign up today. In Israel, we'll explore some of the most fascinating sites from religious and political history. We'll walk on the streets of Jerusalem, sail the Sea of Galilee, float in the Dead Sea. In fact, you could even sit in the Dead Sea with all its healing and rejuvenating effects and visit the Western Wall, a spiritual experience you will always remember deeply, fondly. Our expert guides will help explain the significance of every site, and our food and accommodations are specifically designed with you in mind. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel Tour. Sign up today to travel with Mike Gallagher and me this October. Call 855-565-5519 or just visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honors our nation's heroes and their families. That includes Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engages people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and barbecues. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Donate $11 a month, please, to Tunnel to Towers T2T.org. It's T, the number two, T.org. AM 970, The Answer. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. If I should take an ocean, dump myself into the ocean, ain't nobody's business if I do. Back to Kevin McCullough, live from New York. All right, very glad to have you with us uh, on Legal Night. One of my favorite nights because uh, Imran's the professor and I just sit and learn. <laughs> it's like it's like my free tutoring of, of, uh, of the law, what's going on. But Imran, uh, before the break, I made mention, and I, I know that this is the case because I remember from the journalism side of things covering RICO cases and when... Ironically enough, Rudy Giuliani won a tremendous uh, case right after the RICO statutes became uh, became valid. Uh, he brought the mob down with it. So this is a this is a legal tool that is is certainly used by prosecutors. But what are the unique challenges for the prosecution in trying to prove racketeering and conspiracy? Sure. So a RICO charge is a very it's a, it's a tough charge to prove, right? So the prosecution needs to prove in a in a criminal RICO case. Uh, all the elements of the crime beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, there are civil RICO cases where the burden of proof is less, but that's not what we're dealing with here in Georgia. In fact, we're dealing with the Georgia RICO statute, which is actually broader um, than the federal RICO statute, which is another reason why, you know, removal, even though if you remove the case to federal court, it's still being, uh, it's still being, it's still applying, I should say, the Georgia RICO statute, because that's what, these defendants have been indicted under. But a RICO, in, in the most simple form, uh, a RICO charge, a racketeering charge, is a criminal statute that is aimed at bringing down a criminal enterprise. It's most traditionally been used in, and initially been used in the most, uh, ironically, uh, Rudy Giuliani was one of the first uh, prosecutors to very effectively use the RICO statute to take down the mob and mafia and criminal enterprise. But um, it allows you know a, a prosecutor to target an, an organization, an enterprise, um, and which may be engaged in unlawful activities like money laundering, bribery, or, or drug trafficking, uh, and bring in multiple defendants 
in order to, to, to take down a larger group. And you could bring in multiple individuals under that statute, charge them with crimes uh, for you know, uh, in furtherance of the larger criminal enterprise or, or goal. It's tough because you have to show predicate acts. You have to show independent criminal acts that are in furtherance of the larger criminal enterprise. But you're able to do so, uh, if you're able to do so effectively, you can bring down multiple defendants and seriously curtail or maim a criminal enterprise. It's okay, now so been, yeah. The, well, that, I get kind of the, the outline there then, but let me ask you this because I'm listening to what you're saying and in Giuliani's cases against the mob, it makes sense because they're engaged in criminal activity. They were cooking books and uh, blackmailing people and, you know, killing people that didn't agree. I mean, they were they had their criminal act, you know, the, their corporation, their criminal corporation was was operating and he was able to show that this had been an enterprise and they had worked together and, and it brought them down. It see it feels to me like the election the questions about the election after 2020 are not that different. They were maybe a little more intense, but they're not that different from other years that we had elections. And there were people that filed lawsuits and went to ask for recounts and other things. And they, whenever we've had questions about elections, we've never said, oh, you're, 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 you're doing criminal activity and you're working together and you're trying to overthrow uh, the government. It seems to me, particularly in the Georgia case, I know they want to make a big deal about that phone call with Raffensperger where he says, can you can you find 11,000 votes to say that all of these 19 people are a criminal enterprise? Do they have to show um, a coordinated communication back and forth where they're like, here's the plan? <laughs> it's the game plan. You, you go out long. I'm going to fake to the running back and then throw it to you. Like, do you have to have that kind of level of of intent in a Rico case? You don't necessarily even have to have the blood on your hands, so to say, right? That that's why prosecutors find it as a, an effective tool. You, I mean, if you were the the best analogy I could give you right here in terms of what is happening uh, with the RICO charge here is that they're looking at um, the 19 individuals uh, as a almost like a political crime organization, family. right? Yeah, and you know, with with Donald Trump at the top the kingpin and, and then right all the, the kingpin goons. exactly and then the the lower sort of echelon uh uh down the 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 tree or the totem pole so to say of people doing his bidding right um and it's it's essentially though that same tool is being used for this prosecution and it's effectively been done for for organized crime families because you could just if you're able to show certain acts, predicate acts, a, a web of crimes, uh, you know, in order, in, in furtherance of a, a larger conspiracy or what have you, right. then you are, you're able to sort of make out a cognizable RICO case. They're very complicated, they're tough, and they it's are the, very it's often the open the web to of crimes that I'm a little bit cloudy on. I don't know what right. the web of crimes are. Maybe we get to know what those are when it goes into uh, into the courtroom. Okay, he's Imran, I'm Kevin. We're gonna take a little time to chat with uh, a good friend of Plaza College next. And when we come back after that, we've got uh, Imran's uh, Esquire etiquette for the night. Stay here. This is Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. Fitch, one of the big three rating services, has recently downgraded the credit rating of the U.S. government. Now, the rating is still high. We're not a junk bond yet, but this is still a concern. The media spun it as a response to Republican brinksmanship over the debt ceiling. Yet Fitch mentioned, well, how high our debt is. The Biden administration said the call was made based on outdated information. But the most recent information is even more damning as the Congressional Budget Office once again has raised its prediction of our long-term debt outlook. The reality is that rating agencies have been too slow, not too fast, to blow the whistle. Credit rating agencies depend directly on recognition by federal regulators. The SEC can put them out of business like that. They have every incentive to cut the feds some slack, which means they only cut the rating when the case to do so is strong. Our government needs to get serious about cutting spending and stop attacking the messengers. I'm Jerry Boyer. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. Queen-size MyPillows, regular price is $69.98, 
now only $19.98 and just $10 more for king size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to get Mike's amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for only $19.98 or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code P. In addition to the special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code P to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his MyPillow. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Dennis Prager isn't sure he recognizes his country. University of Chicago reports that 30 million Americans believe violence is justified to keep Trump from the presidency. It's one out of every 10 of my fellow Americans. To think that I, I share this country with such people is difficult. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3, on AM 970. The answer. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's incredible. I saw it myself. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business or Paralegal Studies or School of Allied Health, email info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The answer. Everybody loves my baby, but my baby don't nobody but me. No one but me. And now back to Radio Night Live. Once again, Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, on these legal nights, you know that we have the opportunity, uh, and I'm very grateful for it, to be sponsored by Plaza College. And what they are doing by way of helping people discover um, a new career that pertains to the legal arena. It, uh, it's not law school. You're not going to, to, to prepare and to try the case. But if you talk to any attorneys, as Imran has said many times on this show, maybe the most important person besides the judge in the entire courtroom is that stenographer, that court reporter that is uh, capturing all that is uh, happening there in just uh, a few keystrokes, in <laughs> just a matter of seconds. Uh, and we are very honored to have Sharon Pierce with us tonight, uh, a, a real-time stenographer, freelance, uh, started uh, a court reporting school at uh, Plaza College in September of 2012, what, what is now Plaza College, uh, and passed her last 225 words per minute test in August of 2013, uh, and she's gone on to do great things as a court reporter since then. Sharon, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. You got it. I, I recently watched um, a YouTube of you telling your story, and I was so impressed with what you said finding court reporting did for you. And I'm just wondering if you could recount where you were before you found court reporting. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I uh, before I found court reporting, I had no idea what stenography was. I had never watched Law and Order. I had never stepped foot into a courtroom. Um, and I really was kind of lost in my life. I dropped out of three colleges and I was kind of doing all these odd jobs. And eventually my parents and my boyfriend, um, they kept pushing me to maybe try court reporting because they were telling me that I type so fast and that I'm really good at English. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll give it a try. It was kind of like a last resort for and, me. Can I just so, in interrupt yeah. here? You're good at English uh -huh. and it wasn't your first language, which anyone that listening to you tonight would never know that, but it was, <laughs> that's impressive. Correct, yes, Hebrew was actually my very first language. I didn't learn English until I was around five. 
Um, and I also played piano, which I think also very much helped with my dexterity for the keys. So I said, fine, I will give it a try. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. Um, and from the first day of class, I just completely fell in love with it. It became just a complete passion of mine. And I discovered that I actually have a gift. Yeah. Well, in, when you were telling your story and you just touched on it here briefly, you said you dropped out of three different colleges. You described correct. yourself as being kind of lost in that season of your life. That's correct. And in court reporting, it, 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 un, it opened up something for you. That's right. It was something where I could harness the skills that I didn't even know that I had. Um, I just, I didn't really enjoy school before that. I studied art, I studied psychology, and my GPA was so low that I had to eventually enroll in Queensboro Community College. And I just wasn't finding that I was passionate about anything that I was studying. Hmm. And when I started court reporting school, everything just kind of clicked. I was, it was just fascinating to me. It was like an art, like a science. I was good at it. And I just developed this insane passion about it. And I just kept going. I put my mind and my soul into it and practiced all day, every day. It became my new obsession. Now and you completed the program in just a little over a year. Is that typical for court reporting? Um, I actually completed it a little under a year in about 11 months, <laughs> um, which is not typical. Um, it usually takes about two years, maybe a little over. Everyone completes it at their own pace. It depends what you have going on in life. Uh, but I was just, I also had a wonderful teachers that um, found my gift before I even did. They discovered how talented I was and kind of pushed me to continue practicing. And um, I was devoted to doing real time right from school, which is extremely important to having clean, fast writing. And I also just put in a lot of hard work. There is absolutely no replacement for hard work. I yeah, practiced no, that's... three hours a day, wow. seven days a week. I didn't miss one day of school ever. Any day that was optional to go in, I went in. I was living, breathing that machine all day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> it really, It really did become a passion. Um, yes. What would you tell people that are, maybe they don't feel as lost as you did at that point in time. Maybe they haven't fallen in with, you know, bad people around them or whatever, but maybe they're just dissatisfied with what they're doing for a living or where they're at. Um, it was a, it was a restart for you. It was a new start for you. Would you encourage others that are at any stage of life that are kind of feeling that way to give it a try? Absolutely. And I say that because it is one of the most lucrative careers that I had ever stumbled upon that I had no idea even existed. And if you really put a lot of time and energy and work into it, you will reap the benefits like no college can ever give you, honestly. Wow. Um, what, what all kinds of court reporting or stenography have you done? Um, so I have worked per diem in court, in federal court, Southern District Federal Court, actually in Manhattan. Um, I did a little bit of CART, which is providing captions um, for the deaf or the um, hearing impaired. Okay. Uh, but what I fell in love with the most was freelance because I really enjoyed having my own schedule, making my own hours. I really enjoyed every day being different, different location, different people. Yeah. That would seem uh -huh. to be quite exciting. What would you say yes. about Plaza College and the um, faculty and the feeling that, that kids have going through the program at that school specifically? Uh, well, a big part of it is um, I'm very, very grateful to have been enrolled in a brick and mortar school because I feel like that is slowly, unfortunately, going away in a lot of places. So you, if you do have the opportunity and also have the opportunity to be in a place where it really does feel like home and the faculty cares tremendously about you and they all want to see you succeed. Plaza College is the place yeah. to be and to study court reporting. Every single person that I've talked to that has been a part of Plaza College says the same thing. Contact Plaza College and uh, check it out today. Here's here's the link. It's plazacollege.edu, plazacollege.edu and uh, click the, the link on court reporting and get get the free information and then start down your journey. Who knows, maybe you'll un, uh, undiscover a passion that has been uh, undiscovered in you until now. Kevin McCullough, coming right back.
Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. <laughs> so tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Attention, your money is now controlled by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000-800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. This decade is looking like the worst one to retire or be retired in. Now more than ever, you need to stay ahead of turbulent markets and money-grubbing politicians. That's why you need Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch. For more than 30 years, Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch has been helping Americans invest protect and grow their assets a retirement watch subscription gives you must-have advice on all aspects of your retirement independent advice you won't get anywhere else when you subscribe to retirement watch you'll get three months of bob carlson's retirement watch newsletter you'll also get bob's five model portfolios and five free reports including the hidden rules of retirement hidden real estate tax bombs to avoid cashing in on congress's three hundred fifty thousand dollar retirement shocker plus two more free reports and an exclusive conference call with bob Bob Carlson answering your retirement questions. The newsletter, free reports, the conference call, all for just $19.95. Sign up today at yourretirementwatch.com. Yourretirementwatch.com. That's yourretirementwatch.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM970, The Answer. Once more, from New York, Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, final few minutes on Legal Night, uh, one of my favorite nights here at Radio Night Live, and very, very grateful for Plaza College and their court reporting program and their nursing program and all that they're doing to impact young people right here in New York, doing such a, a great job. And thank you, uh, Plaza, for being such a great sponsor of this show. Uh, Imran Ansari, uh, what is your Esquire etiquette for us tonight? Sure. So the Esquire etiquette for tonight uh, is something that, you know, you should be very uh, attentive to uh, in terms of making sure that your property is insured. And I, you know, I've talked about this in the past, but, um, you know, you may have uh, a renter, you may have someone staying, uh, you know, on a piece of your property, you may be airbnb your property. And if you don't have the proper insurance in place, then you may be exposing yourself to civil liability if an accident occurs or someone is injured on your property. So it's very easy to um, sort of forget that you you may need that proper insurance coverage and you may sort of sit back and relax and think that nothing's going to happen. But things do happen. And if someone is injured on your property, you may be facing a lawsuit. And if you don't have adequate insurance coverage, then your personal assets and your money are at stake. And I've seen it time and time again where uh, I have been retained 
um, even by someone who has an insurance policy who's facing a lawsuit because of some horrible accident that's occurred on their property. Uh, but they're retaining me because they're worried that their insurance policy isn't going to cover the amount of exposure that they're facing because of this lawsuit. So I'll get retained as a personal uh, attorney above the insurance policy uh, in order to protect their personal assets because someone is suing them for millions of dollars and they just don't have uh, the legal coverage pursuant to an insurance carrier policy and also the enough insurance coverage. So you have to remember that when you're thinking about insurance, liability insurance, it's exactly that. Liability, it's a legal term. Uh, if you are liable in a civil case and sued, uh, and, and then found to be liable, your personal assets may be at stake uh, and you may have never foresaw that, but it's something you should consider because uh, you have to plan ahead in order to protect yourself legally if something happens. Yeah, well, it makes total sense. And, you know, my eyes have been so opened working with you over the last couple of years because the, the numbers of areas by which you bring up stuff that I was like, wow, I never even thought about that. Um, and so, friends, I hope that those of you who are listening are helped by all of that as well. Um, got any big plans for the Labor Day you, besides the besides the homework? Are you going to do anything? Um, you going to you going to cook a brat? You going to have a burger? You going to toss a beer? Anything? No, Kevin. I actually will be churning away the hours preparing for a big uh, case, which is going to hit next week for a, um, a high profile client who I will not name right now. Okay. Uh, but listen, I've had I've had some relaxation during the summer. So, uh, and I knew this is coming up. I knew this was gonna be hitting at this time. Uh, but listen, it's a big fight I have ahead of me and preparation is key. Well, and, and according to Alan Dershowitz and Arthur Idala themselves, no one prepares better than Imran Ansari. So good job on that. Hey, thanks for your insight tonight. Always appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks. Uh, I love being here. So thanks for having yeah, me. We'll see you again next weekend. And don't forget, he's on he's on the weekends on our sister station, AM 570, uh, the mission, uh, 12 noon every Saturday. Kevin McCullough, Imran Ansari saying have a great night.